0: I wrote 10,000 songs I wrote 10,000 crappy songs Yeah, I wrote 10,000 crappy songs But now I'm a detective Yeah I spent the day in my office. I called Una a few times and left messages. Just for the heck of it. I googled, people who have disappeared. Spartacus, Amelia Earhart, D.B. Cooper, Everett Roos, Jimmy Hoffa. No Una. I thought about going bowling, just to ease the stress. But I didn't want to have to talk to those guys about Hal Shu, And I didn't want to be out of the office, just in case Una came by. Late in the afternoon, I got a buzz from downstairs. Yes? I said automatically in a high pitched British voice. It's Hal Shu, crackled the voice on the other end. Is the detective in? Please come in, I said and buzzed him in. Hal Shu seemed surprised to see me. Where is your receptionist? he said. She had to run out, I said, quite suddenly. What's up, Mr. Shu? I'm surprised to see you out of jail. I'm out on bail, he said. He looked around. Nothing had changed since he was up here last. Una's been kidnapped, he said. How do you know, I said. I got a ransom note, he said. He reached in his pocket and pulled out a napkin. I have your daughter, the note said. Pay a hundred grand. Instructions to follow. Don't mess up. I read it and looked up. His face was like stone. Why didn't you go to the police, I said. I don't want any more to do with those guys, he said. Anyway, I trust you. (laughs) I had to laugh. You didn't trust me a few days ago, that story about Chinese airspace. He waved me off. I had to tell you something. I wasn't going to tell you I was smuggling fireworks and switchblades. Why not? He made a face. You would have gone to the police, which you did anyway. So why are you coming to me now, I said. You're a detective, he said simply. Do some detecting. Find Una. I looked at Hal Shu. I looked at the ransom note in front of me. I'll do my best, I said. 30. Sometimes if you're writing a song, you can stare at a page for hours, and then suddenly everything shifts and moves into place, and you have your song, crappy or not. I looked at the note on that napkin any number of ways, upside down, inside out. I held it up to the light. I let it float to the floor. I even smelled it. And then I smelled it again. There was no mistaking. It smelled like one thing and one thing only, the best cookie in town. It smelled like a cookie from one cock. One cock had kidnapped Una. And now he was trying to blackmail Hal Shu. Songwriting's loss is detecting's gain, I thought. I called Hal Shu immediately. What's up, he said. Did I leave something? I figured it out, I said. I know who the note is from. How did you... Who's it from, he said quickly. It's from Wan Kok. Wan Kok wrote the note. There is no Wan Kok, he said. Whatever, mister Cock, mister Cock kidnapped Una and is trying to blackmail you. That no good, started Halshu. How do you know this? I'm a detective, I said. It's only been ten minutes. There are plenty of detectives, I know some of them, who never divulge their methods. My feeling is that life is short. I can't be worrying about that sort of thing. I smelled the napkin, I said. Oh said Hal Shue simply. So, what do we do now? Should we go down there together? You better stay away, I said. If you show up, he might know something's up. Okay, said Hal Shue after a moment. For whatever reason, he seemed to trust me now. I left the office. I drove downtown and passed under the dragons and parked. I walked to one cock and went inside. It was busy. Mr. Cock was taking orders and working the register. His wife, or whoever she was, was there too. I sat down in the last remaining booth. She brought me a menu. Where's the bathroom? I said. Back there, she said, pointing. I got up and went to the bathroom. There was a door next to the bathroom. I pushed it open. There were stairs going down. If Una was down there, I wanted to let her know it was me coming down the stairs. As I carefully walked down, I started to hum, for all time, the song we had written for Hal hmm. I hummed as I went down the stairs. One thing that serves me well as a detective is my ability, developed in my songwriting days, to hum. If you hum, you can do a lot of detecting while remaining pretty invisible. I kept humming. I was now at the bottom of the stairs. I turned a corner. There, tied up in a chair, wide-eyed, was Una. I knew it was you, she said. The song. Let's get you out of here, I said, moving toward her. Not so fast, came a voice behind me. It was the woman, Mr. Cox's wife or whatever. She had followed me down. She was holding a gun. She gave a little whistle. And Mr. Cock was now beside her. I remember you from the other day, she said. You come around with questions, lots of questions. I'd have to remember that. Don't ask too many questions. As she kept her gun trained on me, Mr. Cock came forward and put me in a chair next to Una. Expertly, he tied me up. Do you feed your captives from the same menu as the folks upstairs? I asked. Shut up, said Mr. Cock. 31. I'll say this for Mr. Cock. He tied a good knot. There was no getting out of that chair. Okay, said Mr. Cock. So where is Hal Shu? I don't know, I said. I haven't seen him in days. Have you? Don't be stupid, he said. I know he sent you here. He is not going to come out of this in a good way. It seemed an oddly vague threat, but Una and I were tied up, so who could say? Mr. Cock pointed upstairs where his wife had gone for the moment. She is going to come back down, said Mr. Cock, and when she does, I am going to tell her to shoot you. Well, dear, I said, this was not good. I really wish you wouldn't do that, I said. Or I will cut you up with a knife and put you in the egg rolls, snarled Mr. Cock. What do I care? The stairs creaked. She was coming down, she would shoot me, and that would be the end of my detecting. Dang it. Mr. Cock, I said, I don't want to die. You should think of that before you get mixed up in things that don't concern you, said Mr. Cock coldly. The footsteps were almost to the bottom. I flinched. I saw a gun drawn, but it wasn't Mr. Cock's wife. It was Sergeant Melnick, of the police force. End of the game, Cock, said Melnick. Good thing I had called Melnick before I came down to Wancock. Cock. Thought maybe you could use some backup, said Sergeant Melnick. What about the woman upstairs, I said? Wan Cock's wife. She has a gun. She's not my wife, said Mr. Cock. I subdued her, said Melnick. At that moment, I could have kissed Sergeant Melnick. There was a reason cops were cops and detectives were detectives. Sometimes you just needed a cop to subdue people. 32. Mr. Cock got 20 years for kidnapping Una Shu and trying to blackmail Hal Shu. I thought it was a pretty light sentence, considering he was going to put me into his egg rolls. But still, he did have the best cookie in town. His accomplice, who was not his wife, got four years. Taking into account that she was on her way to shoot me when Sergeant Melnick showed up in the Wancock basement, I thought that was pretty light, too. But maybe she could be rehabilitated. Al Shu got six months for smuggling fireworks and switchblades from Mexico. He seemed pretty philosophical about the whole thing. And he promised he would record our song, For All Time, the one Una and I had written for him, as soon as he got out. Maybe it would be a big hit. The case had gotten some publicity. Maybe the song, after all those crappy songs, would find its way to the top. One afternoon, a few weeks later, The bell in my office buzzed to indicate someone was downstairs. Hello, I said in my own voice. I had given up using the high-pitched British voice. Tons of people can't afford a receptionist. Can I come up? Said a familiar voice. Sure, I said. Una came in and looked around. She looked at the beanbag chair, then plopped down. So, I said, how's everything? Okay, she said. Have you seen your dad? Oh, sure, she said. I go see him fairly often. She looked around my office. Not much had changed. I never really thanked you for saving me, she said. Oh, that's all right, I said. If you hadn't hummed our song, Coming Down the Stairs, I'd have been really scared, she said. I'm glad it did the trick. Listen, she said. I want to write more songs. You should, I said. You're good. No, said Una. I want to write more songs with you. I have another profession now, I said. Yeah, I know, she said, but we're a really good team, and I think you're a better songwriter than a detective. I cracked your case. We'd be dead if that cop hadn't come, she said. I called him before I went down there, she shrugged. Well, think about it. School is boring, and I have a lot of free time. Besides, if my dad has a hit with our song, he's going to need more songs when he gets out, right? I guess so, I said. Okay, she said. Let's start tomorrow. I might have to tail someone, I said. All day, she said. Well, maybe not. Maybe you can come by after school. Okay, she said, pulling herself out of the beanbag chair. Bring plenty of paper, she said. What are we going to write about, I said. I don't know, she said. Let's just make it good. No more crappy songs, ever. Okay, I said. From here onward, no crappy songs. That's our rule. And we shook. 33. After Una left, I put my feet up on my desk and thought for a while. It was a strange turn of events. I had left songwriting to be a detective, and now being a detective seemed to be looping back around into songwriting. But maybe it was all part of the same thing. The circle of life. Noticing things. Putting your observations together to form, well, something. A verse. A chorus. A case. Maybe Hal Shue would have a hit with our song. I could get a bigger office and a nice couch instead of the beanbag chair. I could get a real receptionist. British or not. I closed up the office, got in my car, and drove to the bowl. I rented shoes, found a ball. I bowled a 142 and a 145. Then I got hot, started with four straight strikes, and finished with a 189. I felt like I could keep bowling. I wanted to break 200. I felt like there is a direct line between my eyes and my fingers and the ball and the polished wood and the distant pins. I felt like I could breathe on the pins and knock them down. I could have kept bowling all night, but three games seemed enough. A 189 was a good time to stop. I would bowl again. There would be good days and bad days, but I would keep bowling. And when I was done, I wouldn't have to go far for the best rice in town. The End 10,000 Crappy Songs is brought to you by Deja Vu. Because this episode brought to you by Deja Vu. This episode written and voiced by Dan Byrne. Produced by Dan Byrne and Will Massasak. Songs by Dan Byrne. The show's theme music and score written by Will Massasack and Dan Byrne. If you like the show, there's no mystery as to what to do. Just visit us at danburn.com. Look for the donate button and donate. Thanks. Tune in next time for another edition of 10,000 Crappy Songs.